Here we go again. Anybody surprised by what happened Saturday? This is the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. If you're surprised by what happened Saturday, this may offend some of you, but I'm just going to ask, have you been paying attention to Penn State football for years and years and years? I don't say that to be mean. I say that to be realistic and to point out one simple fact, and that is in big games, Penn State cannot get the job done. We're talking about Ohio State. We're talking about Michigan. Six months ago, we were talking about Ohio State. We were talking about Michigan. That's the season. Three months ago, coming into the season, this season would be about Ohio State and Michigan. Penn State's going to win 10 games this year. They're probably going to go to a really good bowl game, maybe a New Year's Six Bowl. And in a few weeks, we will have rationalized and found a way to think that 10 and 2 is good again, because that's what the, that's what the mind does a little bit. And they'll go play some team in a bowl game and we'll be, okay, hey, they got a lot at stake here. No, they don't. They don't. The season is over from the primary goal perspective. There's still football to be played. There's still development to be had. The season was Ohio State and Michigan. If you disagree with that, and you don't want to hear me focus heavily on those two games, then this probably isn't the podcast for you. I'll just go right out and say it. The season was Ohio State and Michigan. This was supposed to be the most talented Penn State team ever, or that James Franklin has had in his 10 years. Drew Aller, the five-star quarterback. All these potential first-round draft picks. The offense was atrocious against Ohio State. The offense was atrocious against Michigan. That's what we're going to focus on a good bit here in the first segment. Okay? I'm trying to rationalize this as much as possible, folks. I'm, I, I've covered Penn State for 18 years now. I've seen big wins. I've seen a lot of big games. In no way was I surprised by any of this. My score was prediction was 27-17. I talked all week about how I'm not, I've got big concerns about Penn State's offense going up against this Michigan defense. It didn't mean a whole lot to me what Penn State did against Maryland in the 51-15 game because Maryland quit. That's what Maryland always does when Penn State punches them in the mouth. In this game, some realities hit you in the face. And I'm going to try to be diplomatic and I'm going to try to be understanding that these are human beings. Um, But this is also big time college football. And if you're going to take the good when things are going really well, we need to have some honest conversations when things are not going very well. And number one is that Drew Aller is just not real good. Okay. Not right now. I am not saying he is a bust and will be a bust. He had 70 yards passing against Michigan. 70 yards. That's one of the worst games ever in this kind of scenario by a Penn State quarterback with this much on the line. And keep in mind, this game was a chance for a potential college football playoff berth. And as I've talked about for weeks, 
maybe a chance to win the whole damn thing because there's not a great team in college football. And the five-star quarterback that we've waited two years to see through for 70 yards, 10 of 22 for 70 yards against Ohio State. He was 10 of 30 to start the game, and Penn State's offense was 0 for 15 on third down. He finished 18 of 42, garbage time touchdown. He had 120 yards against Ohio State until that final drive. Then he had like 70 yards or so on that one. So he has 70 yards passing against Michigan. And for most of the game against Ohio State, he had 120 until a garbage touchdown. This is a five-star quarterback that everybody thinks can be a top-five pick in the NFL draft. He's not that good right now, okay? And he's got a skill set, and there are a lot of other problems in the offense. But if if you thought Drew Aller was going to be the kind of difference maker in a game like this, which is what you would hope for, I mean, he's just not there. He, he's just not there, okay? So before I just pile on a 19-year-old kid, which I realize is not necessarily um, a great thing to do because he's working hard and he is a good kid and he's a good leader, and I can say all these things about his character and work ethic and all that stuff, he threw for 70 yards in the most important regular season game for Penn State in maybe 30 years, okay? And... He's the leader of an offense that, quite frankly, embarrasses itself a good bit. Now, the person behind the offense is Mike Yersich. And I think Mike Yersich needs to be fired after this season. This is year three for Mike Yersich. And he got thrown under the bus by James Franklin after the game. Make no mistake about it. I'm going to read you the comment about uh, that uh, James Franklin mentioned about Mike Yersich and, and the uneven play calling. But James Franklin says uh, with regards to Yersich, we've got to do a better job of calling a game to allow our quarterback to get into a rhythm. That is critical. We've got to find easy completions for a quarterback to get into rhythm. That's what everybody does. We've got to do a good job of that. You know, Mike Yersich made his reputation in the Big 12. They don't play the same kind of defense in the Big 12 that they do in the Big 10. They don't play the same kind of offense in the Big 12 that they do in, in the Big 10. And I was a big fan of Mike Yersich when they hired him. Uh, but when you see Penn State's offense in the two games that matter most this season, Ohio State and Michigan, just flat out lay an egg and get embarrassed – that leads me to believe you've got to move on, you know, and I don't, these are human beings. These are real people. These are their jobs and their careers. I don't take it lightly when I say something like somebody's got to be fired or, or you got to move on from a guy. Uh, but this, this is not, this is not the right recipe for Penn State with Mike Yersich. It's just not. Does James Franklin have his hands too much in the offense? I think so. But at the same time, this is the offense James wants to run and he wants to be patient. And Mike Yersich doesn't seem to have um, the right answers here. Look, there are a lot of problems on offense. We've talked ad nauseum about the wide receivers and they're just not good enough, period. They're just not. 
Uh, but whose fault is that? Blame can go around a lot of people. The play calling. <sighs> I thought Mike Yersich had a really good game at Maryland. Again, Maryland's a different kind of opponent. We have to get into the situation. James Franklin doesn't want you to do this. James wants you to look at the 10-2 and record at the end of the year, and he wants people to be happy. We win a lot of games at Penn State, James Franklin says, and we take winning for granted. Well, uh, I think James takes losing for granted, to be perfectly honest with you, if he just expects people to roll over when you lose to Michigan and Ohio State all the time in key games. I think that's a head coach that is – Focused on the 1-0 mentality, and that's great, and you can accomplish a lot of things winning games. But if you're losing your biggest games every year, you got to make changes. All right? And so the Yersich thing is one. They're going to have to look at that long and hard. And then the Aller thing, because you 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 do have a, an extremely talented young man. Drew Aller is an extremely talented kid. Are you going to develop him the right way? with Mike Yersich running this offense. And you can say, oh, I had the 12 games or whatever in a row, scoring 30 points, you know, longest streak in the nation at one point. A lot of that was because of the defense. Well, actually, a lot of that was with Sean Clifford last year at the end of the year. And a lot of that this year was because Penn State's defense was just so awesome that nobody could score or move the ball. And they were creating turnovers and giving the offense all kinds of golden situations, just like, again, at Maryland. When the offense has to do it itself, it's just not good enough. Drew Aller's just not good enough. Let me repeat this a second time. I'm not saying Drew Aller is going to be a bust and that he'll never amount uh, to a star at Penn State. But right now, if you're watching him play quarterback, again, especially in Ohio State and Michigan, these are two of the handful of best defenses in the country, along with Penn State. But you can't have 70 yards passing in a home game that's your biggest game of the season and expect people to not point the finger at you. Uh, wide receivers are not. You know, they've, they're supposed to have these great tight ends. Nobody caught more than two passes. Tyler Warren had two catches. Theo Johnson had two catches. I mean, it, it's Keandre Lambert Smith, one catch for six yards. That's your number one guy. Lots of issues. Lots of personnel situations, but whoever you want to place most of the blame on, and I'll say Mike Yersich, it's his offense, but Drew Aller, I've tried to be kind to this. I said a few weeks ago, he's not the quarterback we expected to see. I'll just, I'll double down on it and say he's just not a real good college quarterback right now. He's an average game managing quarterback with a big arm. That's what he is. Maybe if you stuck him in some tremendous offense with dynamite players all around him, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'd be better. I, I don't know. But you see, when he's under pressure, he he's not accurate with the ball. 18 of 42 against Michigan. 10 of 22 against Ohio State. That is 28 out of 64. 28 out of 64 in your two biggest games of the year, that is a completion percentage of 44%. We knew Drew was going to have ups and downs this year, and people are thinking, hey, maybe next year can be the year. Well, who's he going to have next year? I mean, what what's to lead us to believe the offense is going to be much better next year? Well, not if Mike Yersich is still there. 
And you think the wide receiver situation is still going to be strong? Is Keandre Lambert Smith coming back? Is Dante Cephas coming back? Could, could the wide receiver situation be worse next year? For goodness sake, the, the tight ends, Theo Johnson, is he probably, probably gone? So again, it gives me no joy to be overly critical of a 19 year old kid who is trying his best, but this is, this is an offense. That is embarrassing in your two biggest games of the year and gave Penn State very little to no chance to win those games. The defense played its tail off against Ohio State, had some issues against Michigan's running game at times, still played well enough to win, but the offense just cannot get anything going. Uh, they did run the ball. Okay. Uh, you know, Katron Allen again looked like the best back on the team. 12 carries, 72 yards, Singleton. Uh, was 13 for 43. That's an, only an average of 3.3. Katron av- averaged six. A lot of problems on that offense. James Franklin's just going to have to make a change. I mean, I, he if they're going to be talking about self-scouting this and that and all that, uh, I don't have a name for you as a, for an offense coordinator next year. But to me, if you're coming back with Mike Yersich next year, um, I, I just think that's a highly, highly questionable decision. Because if you're going to get Drew Aller to develop the way you need and want him to, I just, I don't know how you're going to do it in this particular offense. A lot more coming up after this. talk about something just insane that happened uh, in this game. So (laughs) Michigan had so little respect for Penn State's offense and ability to move the ball that Michigan basically stopped playing its offense. I, I, I can't even believe I'm about to say this. This is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in 31 years of covering sports. Michigan did not attempt a pass officially. Wink, wink, asterisk. They did not attempt a pass officially in the entire second half of a Big Ten game on the road against the number 10 team in the country. Michigan's last official pass of the game came with seven minutes and 41 seconds to go in the second quarter. So in the final 37 minutes of game action, Michigan did not attempt an official pass. There was one pass after 20 consecutive runs in the, in the second half. Kalen King was called for a pass interference. It was a questionable call. I get it. But they'd run 20 consecutive runs. They throw that pass because it was a PI. It doesn't count as an official pass. And then they finish the game with 12 more runs. So 37 minutes of the game, the, the final 37 minutes, they did not attend. This isn't Air Force. Okay. This isn't Navy doing this. This is Michigan on the road doing that. And I, you know, I don't know that it wasn't six to four bad with Kirk Ferentz taking a safety because he knew Penn State's offense was pathetic. 
But this was basically Michigan saying, you can't do anything against our defense. We're just going to run and eat up the clock because we're up 17 to nine. The Drew Aller fumble in the third quarter was huge. Penn State was moving the ball a little first down and Drew had the first down there on the run and he fumbled. Michigan gets a, gets it to 17 to nine and you would think 17 to nine. Yeah. You still got a good game. It's a close game. Michigan still got to worry about and do a lot of things. No, Michigan, once they got to 17 to nine, they treated it like it was a three score game. They just kept running and running and running and running. And a couple of them were effective too, but you know, Penn State's defense uh, got off the field a handful of times down the stretch, but it's just astonishing that that's how bad Penn State's offense was that Michigan knew all they had to do was just keep eating clock. Even if they went three and out and ate two, two and a half minutes, they would just punt because they knew Penn State wasn't going to be able to do anything. I, I just, I, I just can't believe, I can't even believe we can, we can get crazy with stats sometimes in sports, but 32 consecutive running plays to finish a game going 37 minutes to end the game without throwing the ball officially anyway. I, I just, wow. I, I, I'm at a loss for words to try to even fathom how that happened. Michigan only had 287 yards. Penn State had 238. Michigan only had 15 first downs. Penn State 17. Michigan averaged 5.3 yards per play. Penn State 4.1. That, a lot of this is because Michigan, again, just stopped really even doing anything other than a lot of times just running straight up the gut late in the game. J.J. McCarthy only attempted eight passes, completed seven for 60 yards. He looked really good throwing. I think Michigan just didn't want to put him in a situation where Penn State could come rush, rush and, you know, uh, either get an interception or get him to fumble or something. So they just shut down their passing game. J.J. McCarthy was the third highest rated odds guy in the country for the Heisman Trophy coming into today behind Michael Penix and Bo, Bo Nix. Uh, and they basically stopped throwing the ball with the guy who had looked good earlier. So, again, this goes back to my point in the first segment about Yersich and Aller and the rest of the offense and the issues. Hey, I do want to tip my cap to Penn State's defense. that They did everything they could for the most part to keep the team in the game. And then obviously Michigan gets a, a late touchdown after uh, Penn State had uh, uh, gone for it on fourth down, down 17 to nine. And then Penn State makes it, what, 24 to nine. Uh, and that, that was pretty much it. Penn State got the garbage touchdown at the end. I'll talk more about the two-point conversions in a second. But, hey, the defense gave up 20 points at Ohio State, 24 in this one. And again, maybe a little bit of a garbage touchdown for Michigan. Uh, defense... That's that's what's really sad about this year, to be honest with you. You got Manny Diaz over there, who has been awesome. I mean, just awesome. And this defense, I I cannot say enough. Even though, yeah, Michigan ran for 227 yards and Michigan got some some plays, the defense kept the team in the game as long as possible. Uh, and so when you take a look at this season and the wasted opportunity that this season has become with one of the handful of best defenses in the country, but not being able to play complimentary football by balancing out with offense while you've got a five-star quarterback. 
you know, I'm just kind of I'm I'm grasping for words more in this than I typically do on my podcasts or on my radio show every day. Just simply because I, I even though I've I've watched this play out all year, and you knew it could be a problem because they didn't have the deep passing game, and you knew they didn't have the good wide receivers, and you knew that this grinded out style might not work when it matters most against Ohio State and Michigan. Even though I knew all of that, and you folks knew all of that, you still kind of think in the back of your mind, they'll figure out something, right? They'll, they'll do something. They'll throw the kitchen sink out there and it might work. And it just, it just didn't. I mean, I did like the halfback pass on the fourth down from Katron to, to Aller for four yards. Uh, that was a nice play. Helped set up a score. Just not enough of it though, man. Just not enough of it. Um, I, 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 I think about what everybody had hoped this offense would be. Remember how people were booing Sean Clifford middle of last year? People couldn't wait to see Drew Aller. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they won a Rose Bowl last year. Hard to argue with any of that stuff. Should they have gotten Drew more experience last year? Would it have mattered? I mean, would it have mattered when he doesn't have good enough wide receivers to throw to? The offensive line got overwhelmed by Michigan's great defense. Just so many things, so many thoughts running through my mind, all leading to the conclusion of what a massive disappointment this is. What a massive disappointment this is. Now, I picked Penn State to go 10-2, and two, okay? I picked them to lose to Ohio State and Michigan before the year. So they're, they're going to meet my expectations from before the year. But I also believe that as the season goes on and you're five and you're, you know, five and oh, and you're ranked number, what they get up at number six in the country, you know, before Ohio State and Aller had the experience and you saw how well the defense was playing. I like to think that we could change our expectations uh, uh, to the degree where, hey, maybe I thought they'd lose to Ohio State before the year, but this was the chance. This was the chance to beat Ohio State. It clearly wasn't. Yeah, I think Michigan, I think Michigan's the best team in the country. I think Michigan's going to win the national title. Michigan came into Beaver Stadium and outcoached James Franklin and his staff with their head coach sitting in a hotel somewhere because Jim Harbaugh was suspended. An, an acting head coach, Sharon Moore, he and the Michigan assistants outcoached James Franklin and his staff with Jim Harbaugh sitting, sitting somewhere because he couldn't be at the game. It's just hard to wrap your mind around all that stuff, folks. It's hard to wrap your mind around. You build your entire year. You work 365 days, and you're going to win 10 games on this schedule. So the 365 days comes down to two games that you know are the most important. You're not ready for either one of them. You don't have a good game plan against Ohio State, and you get embarrassed. You don't have a good game plan against Michigan, and your offense gets embarrassed. This just what a what a wasted opportunity. things up here third and final segment 
of the We Are podcast. Uh, the decision to go for two points down 14 to nine um, in the second quarter. Dumb. Just, just dumb. Um, you're chasing points in the second quarter, man. You're chasing points in the second quarter. I get that Michigan's defense is fantastic. You're chasing points in the second quarter. Now, James Franklin did talk about, you know, they, they looked at the analytics and everything. And I, I will say this. I mean, there might be analytics out there, computer models that say it was the right move. My football mind, for whatever that's worth, maybe, maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. Maybe I'm speaking Japanese. Hell, I don't know. My football mind says it was dumb. You're, you're chasing points in the second quarter. And so then you end up having to chase that point at the end of the game. So Penn State's down 24 to nine. They actually get a nice little drive. Drew, uh, hits to, uh, Theo Johnson for an eight yard TD with 154 to go. It's 24 15. If you'd kicked that extra point earlier, it'd been 24 16. Then. You kick the extra point there, it's 24-17. But you went for two earlier, you didn't get it. So now you're down 24-15. And this is where I can I can see a case being made for both sides uh, to go for two or not go for two when you're down nine. Um, I'm a believer you hang around as long as possible. I'm a believer that you're down nine, minute 59 to go. Keep your team in it. Keep keep their keep their thoughts up just in case. Kick the extra point. Get it to eight. A minute fifty nine to go. You had two timeouts left. And I mean, who knows? Was Penn State going to win the game? Were they going to get the ball back and come back and score on that machine? No. I mean, let's be realistic here. But just in terms of. The math. I'm. I'm just a believer. Maybe you disagree. Maybe the an- analytics would disagree too. Um, stay in the game as long as possible. Kick the extra point. Get it to 24-16. They didn't get the onside kick, and I, I believe they had two timeouts left. I'm. I'm pretty sure about that. They didn't get the onside kick, which, uh, and that was the game there. But if it's 24-16, and with a couple timeouts, you can hold there. Uh, hey. At least you don't take away your team's last gasp, which they did. And so uh, James Franklin took some heat for that. There was a tense exchange with uh, one of the reporters, Dave Jones from Penn Live, talking about uh, the the couple two point conversions. Hey, look, those two point decisions didn't decide the game. Uh, I'll just keep coming back and saying Penn State's woeful offense decided the game. And Michigan's got a tremendous defense. There's no doubt about it. Um, so here we are. Two losses. No playoff. No Big Ten championship. Um, still a chance to win 10 games. Still a chance to go to probably a great bowl game. I'm thinking maybe the Peach Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, whatever. Maybe they'll get a good opponent. Well, I'll write and talk more about this. Who's going to play in that bowl game, though? Honestly. Uh, I mean... Is the bowl game going to mean anything this year? Is Olu going to play in a bowl game? Chop, Kalen King, Theo Johnson, Hunter Norzad, any senior or any guy, any guy 
uh, that's either at the end of eligibility after this year or, or thinking about turning pro. I mean, could Penn State have eight, ten guys opt out of a bowl game? Bowl games don't mean what they used to, folks. So, you know, it's not the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl, you know, they're hard to have guys opt out of that because it's the Rose Bowl. But, you know, th- this was this is a season that the best win's going to be over Iowa. Uh, the best win's going to be over Iowa, and they didn't show up in the two most important games. And James Franklin can talk all he wants about how Penn State fans take winning for granted because winning is hard. And while I understand what he's saying there, James Franklin should not take for granted the fact that 10 wins isn't good enough if you're always going to be losing to Ohio State and Michigan. It's just not. Hey, folks, have a good week. We'll talk to you next weekend. Thanks for tuning in.